good morning, afternoon, or evening. Please delete as appropriate. Hello there. Welcome to this episode 243 of the Material Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Andy Anatko. Oh, oh uh, yeah, I, I, I'm also your only host this week because Flo had her baby. Yay! Uh, she had her <laughs> Okay, so this is so this is funny from my perspective <laughs> because uh, everything was perfectly fine, perfectly normal. No uh, no no uh, <laughs> no drama as far as I know. Uh but so we had sort of a uh, uh, in recording the show last week we had a kind of like a variable situation. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where uh normally we uh, we know when we're going to record sometimes some weeks one of us has something going on like during the Wednesday that we're going to be recording and we don't know when exactly we we know it's going to happen. We just don't know when exactly it's going to happen much like childbirth itself. And so I was uh, the original plan uh, because I was going to be traveling to New York city on Wednesday on that Wednesday was that, well, maybe we should either uh, wait until we'll record like late, 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 late Wednesday night, like around 11 p.m. or midnight my time. Uh, if Flo is over there on the West Coast, is going to be uh, up, you know, up that late. And she, and she said she's going to be. Uh, or failing that, when we do it like just the next day, Thursday, I'll find a room or a space uh, in the city where I can record the show. And so uh, as, it, as it happened, uh, a lot of stuff uh, that I was trying to get done before traveling I just kind of all hit it once. And this is, this is at some point during the middle of the hurricane of trying to get out of the house and keep to your original plan. Uh, you're in the eye of the hurricane in which you get this moment of clarity that you just have to sort of jump on before, before it passes over you and you're back into the, the whirlwind. Oh, God, get this done. Oh God, get this done. My train leaves. it. Oh my God, we got this done. Okay. Maybe we can do that tomorrow, whatever. And so you say, realize that, Andy, you're you're taking an Amtrak to New York City to essentially just see an opera that you've been looking forward to at the Met for several months and hang out with friends. And uh, you, it's not as though you're going to miss an important meeting or an important opportunity uh, if you don't leave today. And if you actually rebook your ticket to leave on Thursday instead of Wednesday – not only will you be able to do your podcast, do material on Wednesday as usual, get all that work, other work done in your own office, uh, shower and get laundry done, but it will cost you all of $16. At Am Amtrak will only charge you for the difference in the price of the ticket. There's no rebooking. There's no anything. And so for some reason, you, you attach a whole lot of pride to the idea of, no, no, I'm a responsible, mature adult. I made these plans three months ago, and it doesn't matter that the situation's changed on a dime a few days ago. It's, it, it's a failure. It's a mission failure if I don't get out of the house on, and, and catch this 2 p.m. train as usual on Wednesday. And then, but you say, okay, you know what? Let's just, let's just get the, let, the work will be better. The podcast will be better. I'll be able to board the train and close my office with a, with a, with a clear conscience. Listen to that then. So, and, and all, and all worked out great, but I'm very, very, very much aware. So, uh, the, so, so it's, it's, uh, so it's Thursday morning. I'm still home. Uh, I'm getting ready to like, just about to get out of bed and shower and shave and, and go uh, to catch my train. Uh, and I get a call, 
uh, excuse me, I get a, uh, I get a, uh, I get a Slack uh, from Flo's account, but from her husband <laughs> saying, oh, it's time, it's time. She's having her baby today. Uh, and so, <laughs> and so, which, which was great. Oh, great. Congratulations. I'll, I'll, you got a lot to do. I'll let, I'll let you go. I'll take care of everything that needs to be taken care of. No problem. Uh, uh, and, and so uh, I, I wound up delaying my, my train a little bit further because uh, normally I do all this stuff for the show that leads up to the actual doing of the show, like doing the uh, writing up the show doc, choosing the rundown, that kind of stuff. Flo does all the stuff that happens after the show, which is to, after uh, Jim uh, edits it and gives us, uh, puts the files in, in our Dropbox, uh, she writes up the show, she writes up the, uh, uh, the description and the titles and stuff like that and makes sure it gets posted onto the CMS. And so, oh, okay, no, no problem, I'll, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. And so I spent the morning just making sure all that got done. Uh, but it, as I'm doing that, though, I realized that, wow, I don't know if we uh, uh, missed a disaster or missed an opportunity there because there's a possibility that had I kept my original plans, we could have been recording material via Skype at the moment where she went into labor. Yes. Just, just think about that. Like every single bad sitcom scenario of childbirth, like where like, oh, my oh, my husband is – I called my husband and he's on his way. But, oh, the baby's coming. The baby's coming. And now I have to like be the midwife or the, the, the doula or whatever via Skype and help her birth the baby. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've got windows open like do, Googling this and Googling, searching for that. Actually, it would be highly appropriate that I, 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 helped to, I helped to safely birth the child by Googling for information. <laughs> <laughs> during a Google podcast, uh, and then it would be all—it would be hysterically funny. And then there'd be, uh, and then the the as, as, as soon as the baby's out, that's when like her, her husband comes in, followed by paramedics, and of course it would all uh, turn out just fine, fine, fine. Uh, and see, and n- knowing that everything turned out okay, it's like you, you get to be a little bit fanciful. That what 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 about this parallel universe in which? I helped to birth the baby via Skype because it was that wonderful emergency. It's okay. For one thing, oh my God, the audience for that show would have been something incredible. I'm not sure if I would have had the presence of mind to click the button uh, in Skype to start recording the video because I think that that would be part, part of the virality of this would be to have clips that like every, like, you know, good morning, Ottumwa, Iowa, a morning show and a TV show, local news would be able to just put this, have, have this be their lead in for their 8 a.m. segment or whatever. Uh, you need the video. The audio is fine. You need the video. Uh, so I, but I, I would like to think I'd be way too focused on uh, the safety of the child and the mother to have the presence of mind to think about how we're going to monetize this. On the other hand, perhaps part of my responsibility as the midwife or doula and as her partner on this podcast is to she, – she's got too much on her mind because she, she's got more important things to think about than monetization. So it falls on to me to do – she would want to this, this to be monetized, I would think. Maybe. Well, we, we would find out. But it would hurt. It would maybe maybe it would be my job to have the presence of mind to click that button and record the video. Now the other so so that would get more attention for the podcast. Uh, maybe more sponsorships. Who knows? Maybe more more advertisers. The other thing, however, 
there's almost no chance that we would not have been invited to be guests on the Ellen program. Yes, that's I'm 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 pretty sure this is exactly the sort of thing that 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 butters her bread. The, the producers would have been on the horn immediately. Uh, in, I, I know that I'm I'm media savvy enough to tell Jimmy Fallon to go stuff it. Uh, Good Morning America, the Today Show. I'm waiting for that call from Ellen because uh, I've I've done like national like morning television. Uh, they, maybe they maybe they fly you out or in my case, you know, Amtrak and then put you in a nice hotel for one night, exactly one night. They don't give you two nights. It's one night. Maybe we'd get like a I don't know. The green room might have like name brand soda. That's all we're getting. If we go on Ellen now, not only are we getting that huge high of that, shall we say, hyper oxygenated audience, but somebody is standing by in the background with a huge novelty check. Okay. Or like something like, and we got, we gave you these new, we got you these new $5,000 8K red cameras so that the next time there's something like this, you'll have better than uh, Logitech uh, HD cameras. Hey, way, woo, woo. So now, of course, uh, is, given that it's my job to think selfishly, uh, I've imposed myself upon the idea of uh, it's my job to think selfishly. Uh, the next level of thought is that. The person with the giant check, it's probably going to be uh, like Microsoft, you know, Microsoft owns Skype with like a $50,000 scholarship for the baby. And, you know, no, no, no love for Andy. I, I don't want you, I don't want you to feel sorry for that alternative universe, Andy, because uh, on the Ellen show in the alternative universe, Andy is doing much, much better with this than anybody who like had the camera on them when they lost the lost an Academy Award. I would not be screaming the <laughs> oh, isn't that nice? I would be cheering a yay, wonderful, wonderful. Now that's because I'm really, really sensitive about not looking like that big of a jerk in front of so many people. It's a it's a wonderful survival instinct, and I cult and I. Uh, and I encourage all of you to cultivate it as soon as possible. I would realize how bad an optic it would be if at the time where uh, we're talking about how, oh, my goodness, how wonderful, $50,000 for little trial phases, uh, college education. Isn't that wonderful? Yay. And help with like the her, her co-pays for, uh, for the insurance. Yay. And, and look, here's all these different uh, like uh, uh, diapers and, and laundry services and all this. Other, oh, yay. I'd be it's too bad optics saying again. How about a little love for Andy? You know, a little, little sugar for 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 Andy here. You know, I could like I could you know I I, I could use a new camera, uh, and you know I don't know maybe maybe a, maybe a subscription to Match dot com. Maybe I would uh, that would allow me to find my perfect mate and then have children of my own. I don't know. Just you know. Ellen, Ellen producers think you just come up with your own ideas. I cannot come up with all the ideas for you on how best to reward alternative universe, Andy, but that would all be internal. Okay. And I also want to make, I wouldn't, I would not show that not, not even a flicker of that, uh, for, for, for the general public again, to protect my reputation. And also I would be genuinely happy for, uh, for my friend and partner flow and for little trial fest. Uh, it's, but, but again, well, see, and the, the other great thing about uh, being on The Ellen Show is that I understand they do have a really good gift basket, uh, and the gift basket, uh, at least the last time I heard about it, which was a while ago, admittedly, uh, they have uh, Ellen brand underwear. And uh, this is another one of those things that you'd have to be a freelancer to understand. Uh, 
there is no happier day than when I pick up my, uh, my, my FedEx packages, my UPS packages left by the door uh, by the, uh, the, the delivery people who get up at the crack of, you know, eight or nine to deliver my packages by 10 or 1030 so that when I wake up at 11 or 12 uh, and to find that, oh, here's a press release for a new game and, oh, look, there's a T-shirt involved. Great. So now I don't even uh, – I, I don't have to like turn the, the T-shirt that I slept in inside out to have the clean side facing company uh, if, I, if I were to come out. Um, there was ac- actually, there was, one, there was one day when there was also pants – uh, I, I got a, f- a free T-shirt, but also a pair of pants that I ordered uh, also arrived. And not, it's not like I, not like my laundry is that close to the wire, but some you know you know how it is. Sometimes you fall a little bit behind, or maybe you did some laundry, but you're not really sure where you put it. You just know that you're the top drawer of your dresser is. I, I digress, but it's nice when you have clean clothes delivered to you unexpectedly. So at the very least, I would enjoy that. Uh, oh, great! Here's a pair of clean underwear, which means that tomorrow I can I, I can at least delay laundry one more day. Particularly if I hide these uh, these Ellen brand underwear like someplace, like maybe maybe I'd even just like as a decorative item, I'd have them like. Uh, put into a shadow box or something. So I tell the story of, oh, look, hey, oh, wow, are those Ellen brand underpants? Wow, you were a guest on Ellen? I would tell all the wonderful story about that. And people would think that I was putting it up there just so I could tell the story. It would actually be treated as a, in case of laundry emergency, break glass sort of situation. At some point, I would definitely, in the next three or four months, because, again, I I try to keep on top of laundry, but, you know, sometimes you're busy or... It's, it's, it's all the charity work that I'm doing, really. The volunteer work I'm doing, delivering uh, novelty cookie jars to homeless cats. You know, that, that, that charity, the Make-A-Dish make a, make a dish found. I don't know what it's called. But I, but, I, but it, it takes up a, a great amount of my time. Um, I have a – I got – when I uh, when I got a tour of the White House, uh, I did – during the during the, uh, <laughs> the Obama administration, uh, I got like a the, – the, all visitors – uh, official visitors get, which is a, a pack of like uh, of uh, of Hershey's red, white, and blue Hershey's Kisses wrapped in a special box with uh, Obama's like gold signature on it. That I'm proud to say that has actually is actually in like a glass vitrine, uh, vitrine or whatever they call it uh, on on one of my bookshelves. And as hungry as I have been for chocolate in the past like three or four years, I have never been so hungry that I have like taken apart. The my Barack Obama uh, Hershey's kisses. However, uh, my ability to leave the house for a meeting uh, properly attired has never depended on my ability to have access to Hershey's kisses. So again, sorry, Ellen, or alternative El- uh, or universe, Ellen, but that's kind of how it would happen. Uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, so uh, if you, uh, I- I'm sure that you. Uh, uh, want some more information about uh, <laughs> about how things are going? Uh, I think that when we're talking in greater de- in greater greater detail uh, in next week's show. Uh, but uh, so uh, her name, public information. Her name is Mona M O N A N as in Nancy A. Uh, her weight. I'm looking forward because we talked about it in Slack uh, and also. Uh, for a because we are a podcast about Google and Google is all about uh, disseminating information whether you want it or not. I wasn't. I wanted to make. I was trying to make sure 
uh, <laughs> I was trying to make sure that we were going to, uh, I was going to be very, very careful to not share information uh, that was not wanted. Oh, I'm sorry. She shared a picture that I, I cannot share with you, but oh, she's adorable. Oh my God. She's so adorable. Uh, but yeah, six pounds and 12 ounces, I think. Brand remember. Ah, goodness. I'm sorry. I predicated this. Uh, I predicated this on the idea that it was going to be right next to the picture, and I could scroll right up to it and see it. Uh, but yes, but uh, uh, mother and child and fa- and father uh, doing uh, doing completely fine. Everything everything is great with a capital G. Um, got to talk to her. I think the day after uh, the day after the birth. Uh, and of course, she was back on social media. Uh, she's taking it, she's taking it easy, so that's that that gives you an idea of how uh, how, how well things are going. Uh, I will see. I'll, I'll say though, I'll say something though. I had an idea for a business. Sorry if I bumped the mic there. I had the idea for a real great business. If I'm ever on Shark Tank, this is probably what I'm going to go for. Uh, I just hope it's technically feasible. What I thought is that um, I want to start a, a, a business, sort of a concierge business, where as soon the uh, when you when you as an individual or as a couple are expecting a baby whether you're uh whether no matter no matter uh, how you're having that baby as soon as you make the decision you uh you uh, contact our corporation and uh, for a and leave a deposit a, a a modest retainer and then from then on anytime you want to do anything on the internet that involves uh, research about what bassinets to buy, uh, healthcare, that sort of thing. You, we, we set you up with sort of a proxy service so that uh, you, you, everything goes through our proxy. The idea is let's see – the idea is to try to keep all information about the fact that you're expecting a baby out of the hands of marketers for as long as possible. I know that I'm talking about colonizing Mars here. That's how difficult this thing would be. I'm not even sure if it's technically feasible. Um, I have to admit that if I were having a kid, um, again, in in 2020, I would almost see that as a challenge to see how long I could keep that streak up to make sure that myself and my partner uh, can keep this completely out of the hands of Every marketer that is what would pay dearly for information about a new expectant family because, oh, my God, the products and services that you can sell them. Uh, Starting basically most of them uh, leveraged against their concern for the health and well-being, uh, both immediate and the far future of their precious little bundle. But how annoying could that possibly be? Amazingly annoying. There there are times where uh, – I'm sh- I'm looking at cars, and that's when that's when I fire up the Tor browser. That's when I put everything through several proxies because I do not want it to be put out that I had even a passing interest in finding out how much a certain car costs or how easy it is to get financing on something. Because then I know that every single page I I hit will always be just like Times Square with billboards about scammy auto loans and services. So I, I would even just as an experiment for I would I would start off trying to see how long can we keep that information out of marketers hands. Now, I do think it's kind of impossible because you could use proxies and whatnot to make sure that <laughs> make sure that you're browsing the web on totally anonymously when you're looking for information about childcare and such 
However, I, th- I, th- I think that you'd have to do audits of every single OBGYN and every single uh, uh, medical institute and medical, uh, medical resource to make sure that they are not – uh, they are not in any way selling information to any marketer anywhere, because you remember how there was a uh, <laughs> there was a scandal uh, created by Target, uh, the Target stores when uh, they, they they sent a they started sending postcards about oh congratulations because we heard you're pregnant here's a coupon and a gift card for such and such baby items and it was the 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 the, the gift card. Uh, the postcard could be read by anybody who got the mail and perhaps – and in this case, the person who got the mail was the parent of the teenage girl uh, who was sent this information. Uh, and they sent them – they sent her this information only because, well, we people who buy this kind of skin cream uh, and these kind of socks uh, and these kind of aspirins, usually they do so because they've they're, they recently found out they're pregnant. And of course, nothing of the kind happened. So that that's how bad things happen. It just, uh, I, I even if you just want to, you, you, instead of even just wanting to make sure that you're not being marketed towards, just considering it a victory. Like all the you want every single pleasure and happiness you can get, uh, particularly if you are personally expecting a child. Uh, and I, I I want to give these expectant parents the same joy that I used to get every time when I would log into Facebook. And it would say, "Oh, you 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 haven't finished com- completing your profile. You've got uh, thirty eight of of sixty things left blank." And then it would start. It would try guessing, saying, "Did you did you go to high school at uh, Blair County's uh, technical high school in in Blair, Georgia?" And oh my God, they're so wrong. Yes, yes, yes. Victory, victory, victory. So I don't know. If, I don't know if that's really possible. the other, The other thing is that. Uh, once the baby is born, do you get uh, – how, uh, how hard would you try to make sure that he or she will not be uh, stamped, briefed, debriefed, indexed, filed, or numbered by somebody? I made the joke that I'm going to send him – I'm going to send – a Flo and her husband, uh, baby gifts. And it's not going to be like onesies or, or little knit caps. It's going to be like a tiny, tiny baby sized guy, Fox mask mask. You know, it's like the, the anonymous <laughs> protesters. And how, how long could you get away with that? How long could you manage to keep your child's face away from, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Google's and everybody else's facial recognition software before they've, they've, create that little account that says this obviously little trial fast has not signed up for uh for ever for instagram yet but we have already built the file on this person um now i was disappointed uh and surprised to learn that of course uh, uh babies uh, babies have to shed their 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 original factory ins- installed skin before you can apply makeup on them one idea i had is that to try to uh, to start them off by like every time you take them out in public Obviously, you're, you have some sort of like a I don't know. Do you do you use uh, do you use a, a sun cream on them? Do you use you know uh, uh, make sure that there's a sunscreen on them? Uh, if if so, maybe you can get like pattern disruptive pattern uh, sub uh, sunscreen on them so that facial recognition can never you know clock their clock their facial features. 
again, unfortunately, you have to uh, wait for that first layer of skin to peel off. I didn't realize that babies were a little bit like snakes. Um, I wonder, do, do you, like, when the, just it doesn't all come off, like, in one sheet, like, you know, when you paint, like, Elmer's glue on your hand and peel it off? Um, probably not, because I, that probably would have been in people's scrapbooks. There were probably people who would save, again, the factory installed, installed skin and just... There'd be a template or something. You can get a cricket cutter template for that to, to, to scrapbook that effectively. Uh, well, like I said, uh, that's uh, this wool gathering. Congratulations, congratulations, congratulations uh, to, to the happy family. Congratulations, blessings unto little Mona. Uh, we'll be talking about this uh, again next week. Uh, now you're wondering uh, where, <laughs> wondering uh, what the new status quo of uh, of material is. Well, there is no new status quo. It's exactly uh, the same show as it's going to be for uh, for, for the foreseeable future. Uh, Flo is obviously going to be taking a, a couple, a couple uh, at least a few weeks, at least a couple of weeks off. Um, and so the way that we've been planning for this, so uh, what's going to happen is that uh, who knows? You, you can't predict what your uh, kind of what your schedule is going to be with a brand new baby. Those of you who have had brand new babies know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, so the the plan is that I'll be doing solos or bringing in guests for maybe a couple of weeks until Flo figures out what the what the new normal is going to be. Uh, and when she can come back and start uh, resume co-hosting the show, uh, and then we'll be continuing on as usual. Uh, it's probably a good time for an ad, but before we get to that, uh, I think that collectively uh, we can be kind of smug about this, that uh, Flo is having a baby, or has not now has had a baby. She can take off as much time as she wants, uh, we've all we've all agreed that of course she's going to get the, the same uh, the, the same money that she that uh, we split uh, every week after week after week while she is on maternity leave. So it's it's kind of so it's kind of poignant as we talk about uh, Google and labor problems that uh, Google and other tech companies have that uh, our 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 little wonderful wonderful uh, little uh, sawdust and tent poll uh podcast has a much better maternity leave pro- uh, uh, policy than most fortune 500 companies it's difficult to understand exactly why uh these companies cannot figure out that uh, if <laughs> that you treat people with dignity and respect uh more than that actually you treat people like they're human beings and because women are both human beings and having kids is something that women do, that means that if they have a baby, you absolutely do everything you can to accommodate that. Uh, and that this is this – is, well, let's call it one-third one of the workforce of, of Material Co. If, if, uh, if the, the organization consists of Flo uh, and Jim, our editor, and myself, that's one-third of our labor force. Boom. Like it's gone indefinitely. We can adapt to that. So why can't like a, a 200 person team that's working on one code project at Google or Apple or Facebook, why can't they manage without one person and say, do what you got to do. What you're doing is way, way more important than contributing code to this project or to do marketing on this project. Your job is going to be exactly right here whenever you're ready. Uh, and don't worry about the money. You will not have to take a financial hit. I, that's that's something that's always been on my mind. That's so I am uh, I I know that things are a lot more complicated when it's uh, hundred thousand people on the payroll instead of just three, but nonetheless, I am of the feeling that 
There is always a way to accomplish that which you think is important to to accomplish. That if you think it's really important to make sure that you're treating you're treating your female employees with the same dignity and and respect as everybody else who works for your company, then you will find a way to make this happen. But if you feel as though, well, we think it's important, but in the end, maybe we just don't care about that enough. I think that's something that we should expect from everybody who writes a paycheck uh, several times a week. Uh, here endeth the lesson. Again, congratulations, congratulations, and blessings for Mona. Uh, final uh, little uh, weekly uh, Gimpy Gimpy Bush update. We are holding fast. Uh, last week we had uh, uh, three spots in the top five. Once again, we have three spots in the top five. Uh, number two, four, and five. So again, consistency. Now are we, as the population of our extended uh, podcasting family increases, we are still uh, holding steady at uh, 60% of the top five. I do, not, now that I think of it, though, I wonder if this changes anything about, I don't know, like a, a, a legacy? Should I say a, a legacy, like a future uh, uh, staffing of the of the podcast? Because now, uh, Flo, I, I still have no children. So unfortunately, the bloodline of co-hosting ends with uh, of my co-hosting ends with me. However, Flo now has like a blood heir. Should she uh, designate this designate uh, Mona as the heir apparent to a co-hosting seat? She might have secured her legacy uh, into the future. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I could uh, win glory on the field of battle. And perhaps uh, uh, give away a future seat to an up-and-coming lord uh, whose lands or political connections will be valuable to me. I don't know. What one of the uh, I mentioned earlier that I had uh, seen an opera uh, in New York City last week was Agrippina, uh, which was about uh, Claudius the emperor and how Nero became his successor. So I, I, a lot of my thinking is along those lines, perhaps unnecessarily. Um, so that that let's 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 uh, go to a commercial. Uh, but again, if anybody knows uh, Ellen DeGeneres or producer of the Ellen Show, uh, sorry to let you down. Uh, again, my fingers were crossed that we could have given you one of those really good uh, feel good segments. Uh, but you know, keep in touch, uh, reach out because uh, I'm sure that I could fake something heart touching. Uh, how hard could it be? Again, just a, a huge novelty check and free underwear, or Actually, um, given that I am largely unpalatable, I think I'm obnoxious and disliked by many. Uh, maybe it's just simpler. Just send me the underwear and we can just call it even. I don't know. Give it some thought. Uh, we'll be right back after this. And this episode of material is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. Do you have a website? And does your website have a shopping cart, registration forms, or contact us pages? If you answered yes to these questions, then you need Pingdom. Nobody wants their critical website transactions to fail. That means a bad experience for your users and could mean lost business for you. But the good news is you can set up transaction monitoring with Pingdom. Transaction monitoring will alert you when cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business. 
Pingdom will let you know the moment any of these fail in whatever way is best for you. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the outage severity. Pingdom cares about your users having the smoothest site experience possible. And if disaster strikes, you'll be the first to know. It's super easy to get started. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. When you sign up, use code MATERIAL at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, maybe you're one, uh, you're the developers of one of uh, 600 different apps on the Google Play Store that have been removed from the Play Store and also banned from all of uh, Google's ad monetization platforms. That would be uh, Google Ad Manager and Google AdMob. Uh, if so, You've been very, very naughty, and you got exactly what you deserved. Uh, What great news from Google. February 20th, they made a blog post uh, announcing that they have pulled 600 apps from the Play Store uh, because uh, for violating their disruptive ads policy and their disallowed interstitial policy. Uh, This is... These are all forms of mobile ad fraud, and uh, I don't have to explain to you what they are. That's what the names of the things are. How many times have you downloaded a really cool app that you really, really liked, but the ads were just horrific, where you can't get around them, and you can't – they interrupt everything that you want to do, uh, and anytime you try to dismiss them, it's just tricking you into actually registering a tap or a click, uh, and it's as good as the app is. Because the monetization of it is such that you can't just give them five or ten dollars, even though you think it's worth five or ten dollars, they're making all their money from ads. Well, they're at least trying to get a handle on that problem by being more of a monitor, uh, more of a monitor and uh, having the big stick involved here. Uh, they're they're saying we define disruptive ads as ads that are displayed to users in unexpected ways, including impairing or interfering with the usability of device functions. While they can occur, occur in app, one form of disruptive ads we've seen on the rise is something we call out-of-context ads. I've seen this twice, uh, which is when malicious developers serve ads on a mobile device when the user is not actually active in their app. This is kind of a scam where they're trying to uh, they're trying to get uh, get revenue and get credit for clicks and for ad displays, even though the person is not actually doing anything with it. Uh, and it's just that it, it means that you're, you're, it turns your phone into this terrible, terrible just ad server device. It's not it's not malicious uh, malware or adware, but it's, it's damn close. Uh, so. Uh, malicious developers, they say, continue to become more savvy in deploying and masking disruptive ads, but we've developed new technologies of our own to protect against this behavior. We recently developed an innovative machine learning-based approach to detect when apps show out-of-context ads, which led to the enforcement we're announcing today. Google is watching. Uh, now, they do say that uh, maybe you encountered these ads, these uh, these apps. Maybe they didn't. Uh, they were mentioning that mostly they were uh, – they, uh, I think they said to uh, BuzzFeed News uh, that uh, mostly uh, they were – uh, from a company called Cheetah Mobile, which is a publicly traded Chinese company. Uh, BuzzFeed News was happy to see this because they had written a big piece in November 2018 uh, accusing that company of engaging in ad fraud. Uh, so hopefully this will keep these companies away, away, away. Uh, that, that Unfortunately, this is one of the signature differences between uh, between um, Android phones and all the iPhones I've used, that Apple has a much, much, much tighter clamp on 
bad ad experiences. It's not as though you can't find uh, terrible, terrible uh, ad-based apps uh, in the in the uh, in the Apple App Store. Nonetheless, uh, they seem to be it's, it's it's a it's a veritable wonderland where the only way that apps can fleece their customers is by having loot boxes and making sure you can't advance possibly in a game unless you actually sign up and buy lots of virtual coinage. So good news for all of us there. Next on the docket, just because you're just getting used to Android 10 doesn't mean that you shouldn't start worrying about getting used to Android 11. Uh, The first developer preview of Android 11 dropped just this week on February 20th, and of course, 9to5Google and others uh, managed to tear it down, release some videos, and let you know some of the stuff that's happening there. Uh, Now, uh, Mind you that uh, if uh, Android 11's developer preview one is like all the other previous ones, some features are going to come, some some are going to go, and some are going to change materially, no pun intended, uh, by the time we actually see a ship date in September or October. But there's some interesting things, at least in this first preview. Uh, one that I'm just going to go through 95 Google's list here. Uh, first on their list is dark theme scheduling, uh, so you can decide when dark theme uh, kicks on and kicks off, uh, like to make sure it's, it uh, turns on at sunset, deactivates at sunrise, uh, or even just or just set uh, set uh, actual times for it. I kind of like the idea of sunrise and sunset. There are times when uh, I have, for instance, one of my hallway lights uh, that uh, turns on during <laughs> that turns on during sunset, turns off during uh, sunrise, and there are times where I'm having a very very late work night, and only when I notice that the light in the hallway has gone out that I realize that oh. That's sec- I've actually been up until 5.36 in the morning. I should probably consider saving my files and going to bed right now. Uh, they're also adding, thank goodness, new motion sense gestures uh, for people who have the Pixel 4, which has the hardware you need for that sort of thing. Uh, hopefully this is, hopefully it's going to be uh, a very, very big deal. Uh, they're mentioning in nine to five Google that at least the developer preview one has support for, uh, YouTube music, uh, lower your hand quickly to pause and play, uh, and even works when the screen is locked, uh, better touch sensitivity as well. I'm hoping to see a lot more gestures than that. Uh, I'm also hoping to see a lot more third party support for, uh, for gestures, um, it's uh, the I've, I've had this uh, Pixel Four for a number of months. Still, really, really like it. I'm glad to see that, for instance, Face Unlock has expanded to almost all of the apps that uh, I had I was using uh, a, a fingerprint unlock for. Uh, that was, that's the reason why I really couldn't put my SIM card in this in this phone uh, and switch from my Pixel One because I was not going to be entering manual passwords into One Password and my banking app and uh, and all these other apps. Uh, so we haven't seen really a lot of movement though with gestures, and that was supposed to be one of the that is one of the, potentially one of the best features. Uh, the the idea of leveraging that Soli uh, chip, uh, that radar chip. We want more than being able to <laughs> than to simply skip tracks. So we'll hopefully get some more stuff. And it looks like that's uh, right out of the gate. Uh, they're also adding a native screen recorder. That's uh, not that doesn't sound like a big deal until you actually kind of <laughs> until you actually kind of need it. Uh, to you trying to show someone how uh, why things are screwing up or, wh- or why you need things, and sometimes it's really the only way to preserve something that you're seeing on your screen. Uh, something that another feature that I really was shocked that wasn't there to begin with the ability to pin apps to the share menu uh, that right now Android tries to do a smart thing where it try where the 
apps that you are most likely to use or use most are supposed to bubble right up to the top of the share menu. It doesn't really work very well. However, I just this is one of those areas where you can solve a problem so quickly just by having the user say, look, I almost always I, I, I so often want to share something to Instagram or to Snapseed so I can do some photo editing. Just put that right at the top. Here's my list manager. Put my list manager right at the top there, my notes taker. Please don't make me have to – I believe that it takes years off my life, the number of times I have to scroll in order to dump something into, into Evernote or Google Keep. Not so much by the time it takes for me to scroll, but the stress is probably going to kill me cumulatively, cumulatively kill me. There's, a, there's, a lar- there's an ever-largening clot somewhere that will finally break loose sometime, hopefully not not too soon, hopefully after, long after uh, Flo comes back from maternity leave, but <clears throat> but I digress. Uh, so, and it's not, not showing up everywhere, but at least it's there. Uh, they're saying you can pin up to four apps to the share menu now. Uh, showing the current display's refresh rate, that's nice. Uh, now that we have uh, multiple phones that have uh, variable uh, screen refresh rates, uh, the uh, Samsung S20, the, the Pixel 4, uh, uh it's nice to know that you can you can talk yourself into thinking that you're seeing a, a, a performance improvement that's not actually there. Uh, so perhaps that's a good idea. Uh, you can have dedicated notif- dedicated conversations within the notification sh- uh, shade, so that when you get notifications from a messaging app, uh, you can actually highlight certain apps ahead of others. Like uh, Google Messages uh, gets a notification before for everything else. So if there's a, if you're having an ongoing conversation within like within SMS, you don't have to like scroll down b- below something inconsequential from WhatsApp in order to get there. Um, also. Uh, you can now you can enable Bluetooth. You can enable airplane mode while keeping Bluetooth on. That's a if you're actually using airplane mode for actually traveling on an airplane. Uh, that's a really really big idea. Uh, so that's it helps you save uh, save another step. Uh, you can go to 95 Google for the full step. Uh, also, XDA developers has uh, more information about the nitty gritty. Uh, we're of course expecting to see more and more as we get closer to Google I/O uh, in May. Uh, as a as a uh, as we're as they're going to as developers are going to be told exactly how to use these new features and now the stuff that they can actually uh, take the cover off. But it's good it's good that we're trying to see that at least some good news is coming up early. Uh, bad news if you actually want to attend Google I/O. Uh, the applications are now open and the admission ticket is one thousand one hundred and fifty dollars. The ticket drawing is open until February twenty fifth, five p.m. Pacific time. So. Good luck to you. This episode of Material is brought to you by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing your enterprise's infrastructure, Linode has the pricing, support, and scale you need to take your project to the next level. They have 11 data centers worldwide, including their newest data center in Sydney, Australia. And with their enterprise-grade hardware... S3-compatible storage option, and their next-generation network, Linode delivers the performance you expect at a surprisingly good price. Get started on Linode today with a $20 credit for listeners of this show, and you'll get access to root access to your server along with API version 4 and Python CLI, dedicated CPU plans with physical cores reserved just for you, block storage and object storage that can scale to your storage requirement, and a revamped cloud manager built on an open-source, single-page app. All this and more. 
Go to Linode.com slash material and use promo code material2020 when creating a new Linode account, and you'll get a $20 credit towards your next project. Oh, and Linode are hiring right now. So if that's something that interests you, go to Linode.com slash careers to find out more. Once again, that's Linode.com slash material and the promo code material2020 for that $20 credit. Our thanks to Linode for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Well, before we go, I have really, really important news and announcements, not necessarily more important than the birth of a wonderful new baby, uh, and also uh, at a lesser level, a wonderful new operating system. Now, uh, I discovered a 3D version of the dinosaur jumping game, the, the Infinite Runner game that you get uh, in Google Chrome when there's no internet connection. And use for, for how, how, how many people had the same experience that I did? Where it's like, oh well, geez, well, I wonder why there's a picture of a of a dinosaur, and then like it was a uh, a creepily for me long, embarrassingly long period of time before I discovered that oh, actually, that's an infinite runner game. You have to tap the space bar. Okay, well that wasn't that wasn't a recent thing. Okay, I knew that a long time ago. This uh, I should say that's that's an undocumented, underdocumented part of the Google Chrome app. That's my complaint. Now, but uh, uh, <laughs> recently though, I came across uh, a, a new project. On uh, on GitHub, uh, that was it turns it turns it into a 3D game, and it's so perfectly done. Uh, it's written by Abraham Tugelov. Uh, there'll be a link in the show notes, uh, but you can uh, it's, it's the Dino 3D game, uh, and you can it's basically a web browser game. Uh, he he lists it as a a, a web 3D experiment, but uh, a 3G 3JS WebGL game made as an experiment. He said, but it's really really good. Uh, all the graphics were handcrafted with Magica voxel software, uh, so that the and this is the important thing for me. So the overall look, feel and look of the game will be the same as original. 2d game uh, and so you open it up in a in any modern web browser and you originally see like it, it simulates the the exact error screen you get only the dinosaur is a little bit is green and a little bit 3d and then you you, you click a link in there and then suddenly you're playing the exact same game exactly as google wrote it but uh it's it's in a sort of like a a three-quarter uh pixely uh, <laughs> pixely uh, arrangement of figures. And now uh, 3D versions of this game or modern versions of this game are nothing new. You can get a, a PlayStation game that has like a T-Rex 3D model, but that that's not the way that I want to play it because it's uh, there. there is that uncanny valley, that problem that you get into where I, once I start looking at it as, okay, here is a somewhat realistically rendered dinosaur and it's a T-Rex. Now my brain starts thinking, okay, is it running accurately? Is it jumping accurately? No, it isn't. Is that the color that uh, that a T-Rex I expect it to be? Eh, maybe not. And then see, and then the worst part is that when you smack into a, when you smack into a cactus, this 3D uh, dinosaur, at least in the PlayStation game that I've seen, PlayStation 4, it like recoils back and it lands on its back and it seems to expire and then the screen fades to gray as somber music plays and i'm feeling sad that i i killed this lovely dinosaur that i know the dinosaur was doomed anyway but the last thing it needed was an incom- incompetent game operator to send it racing headlong into a cactus i mean phew. first asteroid the asteroids changed the climate and then andy and Otko. 
how much is this creature meant to suffer now but the the way that uh, this the t- uh, t-rex 3d uh, uh, uh dino 3d runs of uh, abraham tugelov's wonderful game he just he just took the same pixel blocky art and just again rotated the camera a little bit so you can see it from a three-quarters view and that's exact. it's still the same dinosaur that i know and love they had added a little bit of like sort of pixely sort of game music, and as usual, when he's when you when you send him sm- uh, landing smack dab in a cactus, his eye get, his eyes get real big, and just the screen just like freezes for a sec, just as usual, and then he's back to life. It's okay. You know, you, didn't, you don't even need to apologize to the dinosaur. You don't need to speak at its memorial service. You don't need to like apologize to its uh, to its spouse and its surviving children and try to come up with some sort of very lame excuse for why you were apparently more uh, more invested in whatever was happening in the music that you were listening to while you're playing this game than keeping its loved one alive. Okay, I'm reading too much into this, I know. But still, uh, it's uh, it says something about how the brain processes games. It's uh it's uh, when I when I started playing uh, playing games, uh a lot of them were like text adventure games. And sometimes you get so frustrated at your lack of progress that you type something like uh, the hit Sergeant Hulka or, you know, punch Sergeant Hulka or whatever. Uh, And especially if it's like a war game, I'm thinking because sometimes even if it was like a graphical game, like an arcade style game, uh, it's like, Oh oh, geez, I can't get, I wonder what happens if I, if I shoot the Sergeant. And then usually that only because you don't want to, you don't want to see your compatriot die. You just want to see what the programmers decided would be a clever response to you fragging your own, your, your own uh, superior officer. And usually it was something very funny would break up the, the monotony of failure that was trying, that was trying to get past this level. Now the games are so realistic and they're so cinematic and the storytelling is so good. Like the last thing I want to do is like, is, is harm one of my fellow soldiers with my my unit the, like the, the the whole scene began with this man saying okay now here's our objective there's a sniper fire coming from over there and there's a motor coming from over there now here's what we're gonna do you're gonna go wheel over there follow me i'll keep you safe we gotta go like yes yes we're gonna do it we're gonna bring freedom to this the last thing i want to do is cause harm to one of my I just want I just don't need to get that emotionally invested in a game. That's why I love these like old fashioned style style like pixely sort of game. There's no judgment, either internal or external. All I've got is a lovely pixely cartoony dinosaur who just wants to run forever and keep jumping. And I wanna and I'm there to help it to run forever and enjoy. And if I fail, it's okay. It's no, no harm done. It's going to go all over again. And the second thing I like about the, this approach is that it, it is more dynamic and it is more fun to see it in 3D. It doesn't, it doesn't change the game at all. But isn't it a little bit f- freaky in the fun way to imagine that uh, all along – this environment that this dinosaur lives in has always been in three dimensions. It's just that we've never seen it except for, for one angle. So that's why we've only thought that it was a two dimensional creature, that there weren't any real distance between, uh, uh, between the, the, the distance between uh, the dinosaur and the, uh, and the sunset and the horizon. Uh, And that's always kind of uh, uh, granted. I have to be a little bit drunk to get, find this interesting, but it's it's always kind of interesting to me when there's something that indicates that there's more to this piece of enter. There is an actual life. There's an actual uh, backstory and environment to what is being presented to us. Like uh, I'll 
This is about this is about to this is this is really wheeling off into into weird territory. But I'll I'll, I'll, I'll promise I'll wrap it up. Uh, the Mr. Bean series, not the cartoon, but the original series of of, of Rowan Atkinson like little mini movies. Okay, now there is a uh, there is a running gag throughout these series in which uh, in which Mr. Bean driving his Mini Cooper often causes a a blue Robin Reliant, a really preposterous three wheel vehicle, to tip over. It's like it, it's, it's the, the 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 vehicle was designed to tip over anyway, but for fun, for humor. Yeah, there's he often causes this car. This car appears and he causes it to tip over. Now, I had one of those wonderful sort of 3D like uh, like uh, insights when there's uh, there's an episode in which he's he's uh, going to he's going to a, a swimming swimming pool, you know, like a little a little swimming arena, a little uh, public pool, and he has to park the car and he's trying to get out of the parking garage without paying. And he's trying to, and it's, it's a puzzle he's trying to solve. Like, how can I get the car out the uh, around the the, the 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 dropping barrier without crashing or without or without paying? How can I, or can I get in behind another car that's leaving? All this sort of stuff. And he's kind of getting frustrated because he can't solve this problem. And then he sees the Robin Reliant appear. And now again, this is my backstory. That this is this is when I kind of realize that oh my god, Mister Bean, uh, Mister Bean understands that he is a character in a running series of comedy shorts. He didn't know before now. He didn't know what the solution to this problem was going to be. But now that he sees the Robin Reliant, that blue Robin Reliant, he knows that the solution will somehow involve getting this car to tip over on its side. <laughs> <laughs> and that just made me so happy. It's just you know, that Mr. Bean, the character, has some awareness and agency. He's not just a hapless victim of 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 of, of Ben Elton and other screenwriters. I thought that I just thought that was really really great. So 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 it's always a little bit fun and a little bit weird to see. Oh look, if you look in three dimensions, there's actually like little like scrub bushes here and there. And so again, I'm not I'm not writing fan fiction about the pixel art. Uh, running teeth running dinosaur in the in the in the google uh, google fail page uh, but it was it gave me lots of lots of hope lots of pl- lots of pleasure that if uh, that uh, the person who is playing me uh, who's who's operating me in the video game of my life hopefully they will they they will themselves understand that you know it's amusing to them that i will drag an entire folder full of content to a Dropbox, and only half of it will actually be transmitted before I leave for the office uh, for, for for an important appointment. But also realize that there are repercussions that I'm dealing with on the side there. Just you know, enjoy me, be amused by me, be entertained by me. Hopefully, uh, operating my game will give you some uh, some relief from the rush a day holiday of uh, of daily life. But still, understand that there's a whole world that you are not allowed to explore because that's me time. That's my my that's my time. That's my exploration time. So uh, the link. To, but that said, metaphysics aside, it is a really really super fun game. Like like most pixel art sort of games, this is this is my jam. I'm really not in this into the sort of games where it takes weeks and weeks to acquire the skills you need to operate a basketball game or a or a football game. Nor do I kind of get into the Red Dead uh, Redemption sort of games where it will take you days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks to play through it. I like to have this for like a half hour or 20 minutes of diversion. This is exactly my jam. So, yes, this has been heavily bookmarked and I enjoy (laughs) I I encourage you uh, to give it a try yourself. 
Well, that's going to be it for this week's episode of the Material Podcast. Again, our best wishes and blessings to Florence Ion and her wonderful and, and her husband and her wonderful, wonderful, wonderful new child, Mona. Uh, it's uh, again, it was a very unusual and special episode. Hopefully, next week's will be uh, will also be a solo, but it will be perhaps a little bit less giddy than this week's. You'll understand that there's been a lot of champagne being poured, at least here in this house. I know I have no investment whatsoever uh, in the future of this child, but nonetheless, I'm happy for my friend Flo, and as I'm sure all of you are. Uh, Flo is going to be off uh, again for a couple of weeks uh, while she gets settled into a brand new routine based on her Twitter feed. Uh, she's already, I think, itching to uh, integrate, reintegrate her uh, her life as a very well well respected and very well well needed voice in the tech community uh, back into her daily life. So we'll see her back uh, very very soon. Uh, maybe even uh, before she comes back full time, she'll be providing little uh, editorial segments that we can drop in here. Uh, the sooner she gets back, I think the better because she's wonderful. Uh, you can also you can always uh, check on what we're doing here at Relay.fm/material. You can be become a uh, a buy a membership in which you help to support not only us but also all of material fm you can follow us on material podcast at twitter which is mostly us uh, Flo and I using our own private Twitter accounts to talk about things related to the podcast. Uh, you can see me at uh, at Anatko on Twitter, at Anatko on Instagram, and roughly every week, every Thursday or Friday, at uh, WGBH Boston Public Radio talking about technology. Thank you so much for listening this week. We hope you listen again next week. Until then, everybody, have a fantastic seven days.